What is up, everyone? I'm Mario Fraioli, and I'm excited to bring you the 10th installment of Common Ground, a monthly podcast co-hosted by me and Danae Doremi of The Grounded Podcast. In this episode, we talk about our respective experiences at the New York City Marathon, we geek out on some recent cross-country action, and a lot more. Before we get into it, I'd like to thank my longtime partner, New Balance, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. The new Fuel Cell Rebel V3 is a fast, fun shoe that I really just love to run in for everything from track workouts to fartlek sessions and tempo runs. The new Rebel V3 is everything that I enjoyed about its predecessor, but with a more supportive upper, a little more cushion underfoot, and a more durable outsole. What it doesn't have is much more weight, checking in at under 8 ounces, making it a great go-fast shoe. Also, like its predecessor, it does not have a carbon plate, and it will allow your foot to move naturally and without influence. And as much as we all love carbon fiber shoes, it's also important to have shoes with a little less rigidity in your rotation. So check out the new Fuel Cell Rebel V3 from New Balance. It's available in both men's and women's sizes at your favorite run specialty retail store or on newbalance.com. Okay, that's it for the introduction. Please enjoy episode 10 of Common Ground with me and Danae Doremi. And we'll get right into it. Episode 10 of Common Ground feels like a milestone. Uh, Danae Doremi yeah. is on the other side of the mic. I am Mario Fraioli, and I I can't believe we're at 10 episodes already. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. I know. It's very exciting. I feel like a lot of, a lot of things have happened this year. I feel like this year really flew by for me, like a lot of personal life changes, but it feels like it was a month and we've been at this for 10 months instead. So that's a little weird, but (laughs) we're here. We are here, and we just saw each other in New York, which was awesome. I had yeah. a great time uh, hanging out with you and meeting Reed for the first time, and uh, I would just love to start by getting some of your impressions of New York City Marathon Weekends. I know that yes. was a first for you. I know. It's so exciting we're recording this after New York. I also forget that that was the first time you met Reed. Like I know that was the big deal, <laughs> was that you were going to get to meet <laughs> Reed for the first time, but I, after we met up, I was like, oh, you guys totally know each other. It was like, it was like, totally it felt normal. that way. Yeah, no, it really felt that way. I mean, we were hanging out at that, um, that pub after the opening ceremony. I'm like, I, I mean, I just feel like I know this person, uh, yes. or I've known this person for a while. And that was the first time we'd ever even talk to each other. I mean, much less met. So. Right. And it was so funny about that. And I feel like this ties right into my recap of New York City Marathon weekend. But Reed was laughing because you met us up with us right after the opening ceremony, which I took part in. And we were just cracking up because he was like, this is truly the marrying into the 5k family like pipeline he was like how did I get to the New York City Marathon opening ceremony he's like I've never <laughs> run past a 10k he still hasn't um, tested out any longer distances so he was just like this is not where I expected my life to take me but <laughs> here we are he was kind of my uh, kind of like what you said kind of my like handler manager plus one um, so I was really grateful to have him there that weekend but it is Native American Heritage Month of course and so the New York City Marathon is at the very 
very front end of November. So I've been working with New York Roadrunners for most of this year, and we've been talking about it on past episodes, some of my like collaborative work with them. It was really fun to watch that come to life, especially since I could not run the marathon, and I um, am still kind of dealing with some chronic pain stuff. Um, and I, I did go on a run recently, so I'll talk about that in a bit, but uh I'm still working through all of that. And I really was hoping I would still have a place in marathon weekend and New York Roadrunners was so kind to sort of let my ideas flow and, and work with me on some other things that we could do that weekend. And when I last talked to you on our last episode, I think I was still kind of figuring out like what it was going to be and what was going to happen. I knew we were going to implement the first ever land acknowledgement at the New York city marathon opening ceremony to um, really recognize and, and pay tribute to the Lenape people and other indigenous um, folks from that region that are that are still there, like lots of thriving communities in the area that we really wanted to honor um, as native runners. There was a lot of native runners I got to connect with. So um, when I last talked to you, like, I was like, yeah, I'm announcing for this thing, but I don't really know what it's going to look like. And I think to go to it and be a part of it was really honestly kind of nerve-wracking like I had a lot of cameras in my face while I was there at oh the yes you did um, I'm sure I'm sure I was on some like local New York stations that I never got to see the the film from but um, I think uh, there was a lot of people in the stands like they have one full side of that finish line area like the stands are packed all the way down where they do the um they do the parade of nations as a part of the opening ceremony um I was able to be the person that actually kicked off the entire opening ceremony so I think I was not quite sure where when I was traveling out to New York, I knew I had my script and I kind of had a pretty good idea of the timing. They had told me I would only have like two minutes um, to speak and that I would be introducing the land acknowledgement that we had been coordinating with uh, Ramapo Muncie uh, Lenape Elder. And so I knew kind of the I had the like framework for what I was going into, but nothing can prepare you for standing in front of that many people and standing in front of that many cameras and standing next to Elliot. Kipchoge like I was like what what is my life right now and how did I get here (laughs) so I think it was a pretty pretty cool experience to get to open up the opening ceremony and realize like reflect on how far I've come I guess since 2020 and be like this is a show I just had an idea about a really long time ago and now I'm opening the opening ceremony Mm -hmm. at the New York City Marathon and I think even to to show people that like I'm not actually a marathoner yet that's not like a title I take on I have not run a marathon I've like halfway trained for one but never ran one and wasn't able to this year but still kind of able to find my place in the running community and live out some of my professional goals and dreams was really meaningful to me especially in Native American Heritage Month and to shed Mm -hmm. light on like the complexities of that month and like some of the holidays this month as well because there's a lot of I think hidden truths there there's a lot of um misrepresentation of like what this is and even just knowing that Native American Heritage Month in its own origin is a little bit is, a, is more than a little bit complex. Like it comes from a time period where native people were actively, you know, being f- forced to assimilate to like white culture, European culture. And so there's a lot of violence that happened in that period. And it's a, it's a month that was founded like in the forties, I, I believe. And I had written a blog post for New York Roadrunners about it. And it made me just really reflect on like what it meant to be there and how far we've come. So very good, very good weekend for me overall. <laughs> Yeah, a few things there. You're not a marathoner yet, but that is going to happen. I am yes, sure of it. I hope so. <laughs> 
also, as you just described, I really think that you having the role that you did at the New York City Marathon of all places just a couple of weeks ago was really a bit of a full circle moment for you. Um, mm-hmm. Thinking back to before you launched the Grounded Pod, had the idea for it, eventually got it off the ground, put out your your first episodes. In some ways, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it really was like almost two years ago at <laughs> this point. And two years is not a lot of time. It's really not a lot of time, it's especially, I mean, that's coming from someone who's been in this industry um, for, oh, wow, I'm making myself feel old, like almost two decades now <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> God, that makes me feel really old. Um, two years is not a lot of time. And just, you know, as your friend, as your mentor, as someone who has followed your journey since the the very beginning, it's really incredible. And it was really incredible to just see you have that opportunity in New York and to hear your voice come over the microphone and see like all the people that were there. And, and for you to do the first ever land acknowledgement at the New York City Marathon and kick that off, um, to be... I don't know if you've posted this photo, but be standing next to Elliot Kipchoge. I did. Um, I did post that photo. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, to, yeah, to part to partake in, you know, the parade of nations. I mean, even outside of the opening ceremony, I know you did an event with Allison Desir, um in Harlem, which I still haven't heard anything about because I saw you the night before that, and we hadn't really caught up afterward. Um, so, as much as I know you would have loved to have made your marathon debut at the New York City Marathon just a couple weeks ago and be able to say, I am a marathoner. That, that's coming. But to, to do what you did um, and to really just have that, that role at, at the New York City Marathon um, is, is really special. I mean, it is just a testament to just the, you know, the work that, that you've done and continue to do. And I know in a lot of ways, um, certainly on the running side, it's been like a bit of a frustrating road. I know with the podcast and just trying to do that consistently around a day job and everything else that you've been doing can be really challenging at times, but stay with it. I mean, just the impact that you've had in two short years is really phenomenal. And I mean, this really is about like endurance. The longer that you can that longer that you can stay in it and you know navigate some of those those bumpy stretches i mean just the the more impact you're going to have because your work is going to is going to sustain so um stay with it i know it's i know it hasn't been like the the easiest or most straightforward journey and sometimes you wonder uh where is this all where is this all going but it's going in the right direction i don't know exactly where it's going but it's going in the right direction so um i hope that you can continue to to do that and have other opportunities pop up Thank you so much, Mario. I really appreciate that. And I think it meant a lot for me to see some, just to see, I don't, I don't know if reward is the right word, but maybe just to like be able to see my work come to life or like see it impact other people or um, even, tangible. In, even involve, yeah, involve other people. Like I really want to shout out Native Strength Revolution, which is an official charity partner of New York Roadrunners, which is a really big deal because they, they're a Native, you know, run organization and several of the women that um, are involved in that organization ran the marathon. So those are all Native women and they were all out there on race day. I got to meet them at the opening ceremony and they were really involved in coordinating the land acknowledgement. So I know I got a lot of um, like 
airtime and stuff about it, but Native Strength Revolution and also the um, Red Hawk Native American Arts Council in New York City, which is just a group of urban indigenous folks based in New York City, they really helped coordinate the land acknowledgement, you know, right there with me. We were kind of all one big team working with New York Roadrunners, making sure that, you know, the elder was present and that there was people from the community in New York, but also you know, from an official charity partner that was benefiting from this as well. So there was a lot of like moving pieces to it, but to be able to kind of bring it all together and realize like, okay, I'm like a native podcaster and it's Native American Heritage Month and I'm at the marathon and I'm opening it. It felt like there was actually some real tangible representation at the starting line and as a part of this marathon, which is I think known for being incredibly diverse and representing people, you know, internationally. And so we, I think as tribal citizens or at least indigenous people from different communities there was a lot of um, celebration there and I felt I felt really good about it because I think you're so right like doing the podcast with a day job has been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life and I've taken quite a step back from it this year but I've done that also to explore some other work and opportunities and it's been really great and I think um, that trip specifically was so rejuvenating for me like mentally to stay to like stay on track and I really like your metaphor about endurance because I have to think about that a lot like how how long do I have to keep going and like I have to stay committed to this because I am still committed to it and um, it is what brings me like most of my happiness I would say like this is totally still my outlet and um, it's made the running journey less difficult I think a lot of people are always Mm -hmm. like hey I'm so sorry you're going through this and it is really tough after our last episode I had a lot of people in my DMs about my running um, just apologizing or offering solutions or offering um, injury advice which was like super helpful. I actually connected with a couple of people who are dealing with similar issues, but at the same time, I was like, you know, I'm not that down about it this time. I think I was earlier this year, but I felt like so full, like my heart was so full at the New York City Marathon that I was like, this is so possible even when I'm struggling, like even when I'm not able to run. And I felt like I was representing like many different layers. Like, yes, I'm a native woman, but I'm also like someone who it was never a professional runner. Like I want to be in the media and podcast space, but I didn't come at it from being a collegiate or professional runner. Um, I am like someone that is in a slower pace group I would say or like middle to back of the pack runner and I think just to like represent so many different things at once and still know like I can I can be like in front of a microphone at the marathon like that was really cool so yeah Yeah. thank you yeah yeah and I think the takeaway there is to diversify the things that excite and fulfill you because if you put it all into one thing and I mean for a lot of Mm -hmm. people listening to this most of whom are not professional runners uh, that can be running and if that gets taken away whether it's by injury illness or something else it can really leave them in in a down place but if you have other things to excite you and fulfill you when you can't run as much of a bummer as it is not to be able to, and we've all been there at, at some point, if you have other things that really fulfill and excite you, it, it does exactly as you said, make it a little bit easier to to bear and to navigate um, because you're like, all right, well, I can't put my energy into running right now, but I can put it into other things. And there mm-hmm. are other things that I can do in my life, maybe that are related to running, maybe not, but in your case, definitely was at the New York City Marathon that, you know, really just like fulfilled you, I think reminded you that you are doing meaningful work, that you are on the right path and hopefully encourage you to just keep doing that um, and seeing what else is possible down the road. 
Yeah, thank you so much. It, it really was. It was a great reminder that I think I am on the right path. And I'm I'm excited. New York Roadrunners has let me know that um, we are hoping to continue some of this work and that um, we have we have more plans in mind for like how we can build out some of the some of the like recognition around Native people for that month, just because it, it does sit in a really unique time period with Native mm-hmm. American Heritage Month. And I would love to involve more Native runners in it. And so, yeah, it, it was just an awesome opportunity. I got to meet Verna, who runs Native Women Running, finally. She's a huge Instagram account and presence in um, the broader running community. And to get to connect with her and go to the meetup of other Native runners who are running the marathon. One of my best friends got to run the marathon. I got to connect with a lot of Native people who were in the city for it. And so it was just like a coming together moment, I feel like. And it was very inspiring for me, too, to actually spectate a marathon for the first time. And I got to see I got to see my coach, Nell Rojas, run which was really cool I got to actually like be on the race course and just actually see what it means to be at a major marathon so that was really inspiring but um it did lead me to go on my first run when I got home and I got to tell you I do have a like sort of funny sort of sad story about that but I don't know if you have more marathon reflections on just what you experienced there too yes save that story because I definitely want to hear it but before I share my reflections. What did you think of the New York City Marathon and major marathon? Because as you just mentioned, it was the first <laughs> marathon that you've ever spectated. It's the biggest, loudest, wildest mm-hmm. marathon in the world. And I would just love to get your impressions of that when you got to your spot on the course and started seeing the runners coming by and you know, just sort of what transpired throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely inspiring. Like, I really feel like it's so cheesy to say, but it was so inspiring. Also a little terrifying because of I had to see runners at two different points in time. And let me tell you, I saw them in very different states um, in those two locations. Um, my, like, really my best friend from high school, like one of my longest friends that I've had, um, Beth, she's been on my show. She ran the marathon. And so I was so excited to be there because it obviously brought us together in the same place. And I got to actually watch her run it while I was there working. So it was just such a fun thing. I was like, okay, I've got to go like chase her out on the course, like figure out where to spectate. So I watched on, um, kind of in like the Upper East Side, like I watched when they go up First Street and then they come, they do a big circle and they come back down Fifth Street to go into Central Park. So mm-hmm. I positioned myself between First and Fifth. So I would see runners go by me at about mile 13 um, up First Street and, or maybe it was a little later than that, but up First Might Street, been a little right bit later there. than that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like mile 16, actually. Yeah, maybe. it's about 16. Yeah, First yeah, Avenue. Um, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. And so anyways, I would see people right in the middle of that. And then they would make that big loop up, go up towards Harlem and come back down. And I would see everyone around mile like 20, 23 or 24, maybe. Yeah, before right they there. enter the park. Yeah, before they enter the park. And that is a grueling area to stand. <laughs> I did not know what to expect there, but it was also so great to watch people like be near the finish line and see the park kind of from where they were, because just to be able to see two different parts of the course, um, understand what it, like what it meant for them to go through that area and see my own friend go through it. It was so exciting. Like I was on a high at the end of, I didn't, I didn't even run it. And I was like, this is amazing. And I also walked like a lot of steps. That yeah. day. Like, I didn't run the marathon, but like my you friend got your miles in pretty fast. And so to get between first and fifth, where we wanted to be sounds in your head, like, Oh, that's only like 
you know, maybe a few blocks or whatever, but um, we really walked a long way. And at one point we were like, like sort of jogging to get there um, in time to meet her and just be prepared. And so it was quite a haul, I would say. By the end of the day, I had a lot of steps on my watch. I think I had reached like three times my step goal on Garmin that day. And I was like, this is a little scary, but uh, I had a great time. It was just like so much energy. Seeing the pros go by was awesome up first street. I think the energy of that neighborhood was amazing. There was so many people out. It was packed. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know. It was just like so inspiring. I really, really want to run that marathon because I think to see it actually before I get to hopefully run it one day made it, made me even more like motivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a great weekend to be in New York to do anything but run a marathon. It was, yes. was an uncomfortably was so cool. <laughs> warm day to, to be running. Um, and the way that you did it is, is a great way to spectate. I've done that in years past too. Great, great spectating where, weather though. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> terrible, amazing. I mean, I was in, weather. I was in shorts and a t-shirt just watching Same. the race, which is bad news for the runners. Usually you want the spectators to be a little bit more bundled up since they're not moving as much. Um, I've done exactly what you did where I've gone to first Avenue right around 16 miles and cut across, um, seeing the runners come up fifth, which is a, a really just annoying isn't even the the right word just a brutal hill at that part of the race i mean it's like yep. mile 23 it's not super steep but it's kind of long and it's got like a bit of a false flat at the beginning and people especially on a day like that just want to be done and you got to come up this and then you go into central park you go downhill for a little bit you roll for a little while after that and it's just a a really tough like last couple of miles and i think was especially tough for many people this year i saw that strava had put out some historical data on people who um, uploaded their their races, and on average, people went out faster than last year and finished the second half quite a bit slower. And uh, this this was not the day to to go out fast. Um, it definitely came back to to bite most everyone um, from pros all the way down to um, to the first timers. But I was out on the course right around thirty k. And I had to catch a flight later that afternoon, so I couldn't hang out for too long. Had to get back um, so I could get to the airport, which was a whole uh, adventure unto itself yeah, on on marathon days, you can imagine. Um, but 30K, uh, people are in pretty deep at, at that point. And runners were coming by, and most of them were just glistening. And it yeah. wasn't from dumping water on themselves. It was because they had been sweating for a couple hours at that point. And I did not envy any of them. I was having a good time uh, just cheering from from the side of the road. I felt bad for <laughs> the pros especially because a lot of them were just like, yes. you know, in, in no man's land by by that point. I mean, there were a couple packs formed up front, but I remember seeing Nell came by. She was totally by herself. Yep. Uh, Emma Bates <laughs> came by. She was by herself. Scott Fobble came by who's by himself and i was like oh man that's just like a tough way to you know tough way to do it but great weekend to be in the city um it was awesome to see you and spend time with reed i felt like i caught up with a bunch of people that i haven't seen in the last few years but it didn't feel overwhelming to to me um and maybe that's because my you know my commitments outside of race day were kind of um you know, really focused on Saturday. I helped lead a shakeout run later that morning with the Believe in the Run folks. And I mean, that was 
crazy. I mean, there were like 300 people running through Central Park. <laughs> and then I did a live podcast that afternoon with Jake Whiteman from Great Britain, who won the world championship, the 1500 meters last summer. Um, and, and outside of that, I didn't have any real formal commitments other than being on the course for my athletes on, on race day. I had four people running. I got to see all of them uh, at 30K, which was great. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see any of them at the finish because I had to get out of town. But um, yeah, just one of my favorite weekends of the year. There is nothing like New York. I wasn't there last year, but everyone that I talked to who was there last year said this year it felt like the New York City Marathon was back. And I felt that way about a lot of events this year because last year was still so muted because of COVID. Um, numbers were down. I think New York City especially only had like 30,000 people last year. This year is back to 50,000 runners. So, you know, it just had that energy and excitement to it. People come in from all over the world. I mean, there's no more international marathon in the world than New York. And it was just great to be a part of it again. Yeah, I would say it was just like the energy was so high, even though it was like super hot day. And we got to celebrate with Beth and meet her in Brooklyn for dinner. So we kind of had a long day too, just even getting to Brooklyn on marathon day, like after everyone is done, everyone's like kind of hazily wandering through the city with their uh their marathon like ponchos on so it was it was cool to see so many people out I think it was it did look like a very rough day weather-wise like we actually poured water on my friend while she was running like she ran by us and she was like just pour water on me because she was so hot and um, I think she was pretty relieved to be done but she had a great day and um like just in my opinion and I think all of us like out there spectating but um it was her first time running New York so it was just really fun to experience it through a couple of different lenses and um there's a cool there's a cool uh restaurant in brooklyn owned by a couple oh you told me about this yeah and so it was like a new mexican food experience in brooklyn um i think it's called like bk santa fe and it was pretty cool like they had like new mexico license plates on the wall they had um you know green chili cheeseburgers they had like enchiladas chips and salsa margaritas so it was fun we got to celebrate there and sure enough we like ran into someone we actually knew from home in that restaurant which is hilarious to me um (laughs) like go all the way to new york city to eat new mexican food um but it was just like such a fun day and i think coming home from it i was exhausted but very um just very like inspired inspired and and ready ready to go both work wise and also I think like running wise yeah so tell me about your New York City Marathon inspired run a couple days yeah no it did not go well was more than a couple days after I got home, but I got home and I was kind of itching to do something. I think it's like you experience the high of mm-hmm. like my first ever time, you know, time spectating a major marathon. So I came home and I was like, okay, I've got to like be serious about like some of the physical therapy stuff I'm doing. I had just gotten in um, my new like custom like orthotics. So they're working super well in my shoes, which is a great thing. Like no pain walking, which has just been really, really helpful to me because Previously, I was even experiencing some pain on longer, longer walks. Um, but so I was feeling like up and sure enough, like it would be my luck that I go on my first run and it, it doesn't go super well. Like I'm pretty tired and I'm like, it's fine. I'm just out of shape. Like it's, it's okay. Like, it, and it turns out I had COVID while I went on my first run. Oh, no. <laughs> I did like, I don't know if I got it in New York oh, or, no. you know, like a week had passed. So who knows? I could have, I know the transmission time these days with uh, the, the new variant is anywhere between like two days and beyond. And so I don't know if I got it in New York. I don't know if I got it traveling. I don't know if I got it uh, at home 
home here in Albuquerque somewhere, but I finally had COVID, unfortunately. Um, so that was a first time for me. I had not had it to my knowledge the uh, for you know the whole pandemic. And so I didn't know what to expect. And I went running and didn't know I was sick at all. Like I was totally like, oh, whatever. Um, did you think then, you just felt awful because you hadn't run yeah, in a while? Yeah, I totally oh. did. Yeah, which which like makes sense, right? right. Like, I hadn't yeah, run sure. in like, a, a while. So I was like, man, maybe I'm just struggling like <laughs> to take my inhaler um and my body was just feeling like off like it was not i will just be honest it was like not a good run walk um and i did get through like two miles run walking like mostly walking but you know i would say i ran like a mile of it just to kind of like get out there a little bit and like Mm -hmm. just i don't know like just try to run because i go on walks longer than that but i was like i just want to feel what it feels like to like run with these orthotics like just test it out and yeah i was totally off i was like oh my god this is so painful um it was a little cold it's been like way colder in albuquerque than it was when we were all in new york so i came home to like 30 degrees after new york was like 75 that whole weekend so that was a harsh shift for me Yeah. yeah but I had to get tested because um, I go into an office to work now again. And so I, you know, just like we have office policies and you want to be respectful to other people. And I was feeling a little bit sick after that. And I was like, oh, man, like I'm not not doing super well. (laughs) Like I had a sore throat and like a stuffy nose. And I was like, "Ah, I just have a cold. Um, And I got tested, an official PCR test. And then what happened is I actually got better in like 48 hours. Like all my symptoms went away. I was totally fine. Um, and I was still a little tired, but like, I was like, Oh, definitely had a cold. And two days later I get my PCR and it's like, you are positive for COVID. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to, luckily I had not been anywhere like in that time. Like I had already been quarantining myself just naturally because I was sick. Like I wasn't going anywhere, hadn't really seen anyone. And so that was just lucky that I had already been kind of safely in quarantine. Um, but I had been, I've been like that for a little while now so i'm finally um able to leave the house again now just like barely like this past few days so um getting used to that again but yeah i finally had covid had some weird symptoms here and there had a lot of like covid brain moments like i think for me um something i didn't like see coming was that i had a lot of like lightheadedness but also just like i would lose my train of thought a lot which was so weird i've heard so there's feeling- like a fogginess to covid that I haven't experienced myself, but I've heard other people talk about it. Even when I didn't have crazy symptoms, I really was struggling to, um, so when you were asking me to record this last week, I was like, I'm better, but I, I should not be having a conversation. (laughs) um, And so I feel a lot better now, like way more alert. I'm back to working, um, ready for like the holiday weekend. Um, and I have to get right back. I'm actually traveling this weekend again. So, um, going to see university of Colorado play Yale with my dad. So really excited about that. Um, in, in men's basketball. So we are taking a little, a little family trip, but yeah. Right, I'm ready and and back. Hopefully, back to normal. So I'll try the the walk run again in the near future. Um, but I was totally just laughing to myself. Like, of course, it would be my first run back. That like it's my first bout ever with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I'm glad that I'm not glad that you got COVID, but I'm glad that it was mild, relatively. Yeah. Um, compared to you know what some people have had to to deal with that you're over it now and hopefully get back out for another walk run here soon yeah but i saw 
in your newsletter, I haven't had a chance to ask you about it, but you had a race recently. So I did. what about your running? What have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, I I am back to racing. Um, I call this my second season of, of cross country because I ran two early <laughs> season races at the end of August, early September. And then I basically traveled from September until New York and uh, have been home since. But now we're in championship season for cross country here in the Bay Area. We have this um, great series called the Pacific Association. And the, the races start at the end of August and they go until this past weekend as of, of this conversation where we had the PA Series Championship at Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. And they have different divisions for you know men, women, masters. And I got to race in the masters field again uh, since I am, I am 40 plus. And one, it just feels great to be part of a team again. Um, I, that's mm -hmm. what I love about cross country. I mean, every it's every person for themselves when they're racing, but the the fun way to do it, um, and if anyone listening to this ran in high school or college, is to be a part of a team uh, because you feel yeah. like you're you know you're you're contributing uh, whether your team's going to win or not um, doesn't really matter, but you do put up a team score and you want to do as well as you can so you can help your team do um, as good as as they possibly can. And so it's been fun racing for the West Valley Track Club this year. We have a pretty solid team. Um, we brought a nearly full squad to the the PA championships this past weekend, um, which is a bit of a preview for nationals. So club cross country nationals for USA track and field is on December 10th in San Francisco. So at Golden Gate Park, a uh, different course oh, wow. than, than we ran this past weekend, but parts of it overlap. Um, we did mm -hmm. 8k and I put that in air quotes because it, it wasn't quite 8k, but it was close enough. Uh, but we'll do 10k um, for for nationals on a on a slightly different course. But this was a bit of a preview. We have a strong association. Um, our team did well. We put five on the men's side, five in the top 10. Um, so we scored 33 wow, points yeah. and won, you know, won the team race. Um, we should be in the hunt for the, the national championship in a couple of weeks wow, here. that's at, really fun. <laughs> Golden Gate Park. It, it will be fun. Uh, it's going to be, and it's going to be close racing. I mean, in San Francisco being a bit of a destination city, um, I was talking to one of the officials at, at the race and they're expecting like uh, between all of the races um, in different divisions, like well over, like thousand people, like a couple thousand people. So I, it's mm -hmm. like, which doesn't sound like a lot when we're just talking about New York City Marathon, which is like 50,000 people. But this is like, I think the the men's open race alone, which is usually the biggest one numbers wise, is going to be like 700 people um, racing wow. around a 2K loop. And it narrows and it can get tough to pass. And, you know, eventually the faster runners are going to um, lap some of the the slower runners and, and cross country is pretty intense. I mean, that's part of, you know, what I love about it, but, um, nationals should be, should be pretty competitive this year. Um, a lot of people are excited to come to San Francisco, uh, great city. It's a great course. Um, we do have a strong team, but there are strong teams coming in from Flagstaff and Boston and Portland. And I think Indiana actually as well, um, has a good men's 40 plus team. So I'm just excited to line up with my teammates and give it a good go and, and see if we, you know, see if we can't come out on top. So, uh, that's on December 10th. I'm really looking forward to it. I love cross country. It's just, um, That's something awesome. I've been doing since, <laughs> since high school. Um, mm -hmm. it is really all about place, um, and not pace. I don't even wear a watch when I race cross country. Um, cause for me, I'm just yeah, trying to fight for, sense, yeah. for every spot. I mean, they do have mile markers out there. So you roughly know where you are on the course and it is loop style. So it's pretty easy to, um, 
to break it down, but I just love it. It's just pure racing. Um, the team element is is great. I mean, I had wrote about this in my newsletter um, this past week, but with about three quarters of a mile to go, I just I wasn't in a great spot. I'd been working through a cramp um, for the previous few miles, and I was starting to lose just some some focus. I like a lot of people just wanted to be done at that point, and I and I didn't pack it in, but I I was having a hard time like staying really engaged, and one of my teammates. Um, came up and, and passed me with like 1200 meters to go. It just woke me up and I latched on with Todd and we just like pushed each other to the finish line. And we, I think we passed one person, almost got two more, um, in the last like kilometer of the race. And, and that was just fun. Like that was something I, I will, um, I will talk about for a while and just like a memory <laughs> that I'll cherish for a while because he just, you know, really lifted me up in that moment when I needed it. And we pushed each other hard to the finish line. And, um, you know, cross country, I think more so than any other running discipline I've, I've been involved in. Like we crossed the finish line. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like just turned around and he gave me a big hug and I gave him a big hug and it was like, that was cool. Like that was like a moment. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I just love that. I mean, and it's, um, you know, this is something I've been doing for a long time now, like, uh, over 20 years. And, um, it's, it's amazing to me that I'm still doing it. Um, and yeah, just having, I was going to say, that's like really cool that you still have the space to like experience and just, that. And just having, yeah, and that the opportunities there, but I'm just having fun with it too. And and I think like looking back to my my younger days in, in high school and certainly college, um, I put a lot of competitive pressure on myself and I, I probably didn't appreciate it or enjoy it as much as I should have in, in those moments. And, and right now it's like, yes, I'm racing hard. Yes, I want to do well, but I just have a an appreciation and enjoyment for it that, um, honestly, it's more fun than it's ever been, which is, it's just crazy to me. I mean, I'm, I'm older and slower than I, I once was. This doesn't, I mean, this doesn't mean anything. I mean, even if we like win a national title, like who, you know, I, I mean, this goes at any level. It's like, who cares? You know, I'm not a professional at this, um, at all, but I just, I love it. I love it so much. And it's just, um, you know, it's been super, it's been a super fun season and I'm glad to have it back in my life. So yeah, that's, what's coming up for me. Aww. Aww. <laughs> It's about the journey and the friends you made along the way, Mario. <laughs> no, it really is. I mean, yeah, as cliche as, as cliche really as that is. is. Uh, but that's like that's what you remember. Um yeah. and I think just I think when you've been doing it for a long time and if you're still doing it when you're older, I think if you've done it right, you can look back with uh, a different perspective on it. And I do think like I appreciate the earlier years more now than I, than I did at the time. I mean, I've had, I've had moments where I'll just be thinking about experiences I had when, when I was in college and I'm like, man, that was really cool. Like what I would, you know, what I would give to experience that again. And I'll like, you know, text my teammates or like give them a call and, and talk about it and just, you know, just make sure that I don't forget about like that, you know, that moment in time and that, that experience that we had and that lifelong friend, you know, that I, that I made. And I mean, you know, it, it is very, it is very cliche, but I mean, that's, you know, one of the beautiful things about this sport. So it's like, whether you're running cross country or not, but if you're, you're a runner listening to this and you, you know, have a club that you belong to or training partners that you meet up with a few times a week, people that you like to go to, you know, to races mm-hmm. to, um, you know, make those memories, you know, enjoy those experiences, appreciate each other. Um, because those are, 
you know, those are, are bonds that are, are really tough to break and they do, you know, tend to, they do tend to sustain. It's like, you're, you can't take that stuff for granted. I mean, I think that's the the takeaway that I have, like been doing this as long as I have. It's like, I just don't take the stuff for granted anymore. So I just feel really grateful that I have these opportunities that I'm able to do it, that I'm enjoying it. Um, and that I get to, you know, I get to do it with people, um, that I just like respect, admire and love. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's been that's a lot amazing. of fun. Yeah. It's been I, a lot of fun. Um, I love that reflection because I feel like I had a very similar uh, experience and like moment for myself because I met my friend Beth. I mean, I met her, I guess, in high school generally, Mm but um, we were we were in cross country together. Like that was our thing. Like that's where we really became friends and spent all our time together. And she had actually like signed up for the New York City Marathon because I was running it. We were supposed to kind of do it um, at the same time and be there together. And we've done so many running things over the years together because we were high school teammates. And of course, Beth was like the captain of our team and like a state champion in track and, you know, went to college college for running and I was like the seventh runner on the team in a very different place but I feel like it's just so perfect that we kind of met up and she was able to be there for me this weekend like professionally Mm -hmm. for work I was able to be there uh, for her while she ran and like tackled a personal goal for herself in her running and it was so like beautiful and perfect too because even as I was leaving uh, Albuquerque and in the airport I ran into one of my other cross-country teammates on my way to New York Amazing. Uh, and it, I just felt like it was such a full circle cool moment that captures the same feeling you were just talking about of like these are lifelong friends and even though whether it's professionally and running and like media stuff or it's like running and competing or you know t- tackling your own goals like we I'm still here with my teammates too <laughs> and that was really cool and like cute yeah, I mean, and and you can share those experiences for for a long time, and it just also helps me to have more of an appreciation for you know why why people run just in in general yeah. and what they what they want to get out of it, and it doesn't have to be um, competitive, but it can be, and that's okay. And I I love just like you know through having gotten to know. Um, many of my teammates on the West Valley Track Club, a lot of whom I, I didn't know before. Some of us have very similar backgrounds. You know, we're 40 plus years old. We ran in high school and college competitively, and it's still a part of our lives to some degree. And then there are some other guys on our team who are also, you know, 40 plus because it's a master's team, started running in their late 30s. Or there's this this one guy on our team who um, started running in 2020 during the the pandemic wow, because it was an efficient cool. use of his time. And, and he just has just gotten into racing. And, and for him, it's like, this is all new. I mean, he's, you know, he's yeah, 40 years old, legs. but <laughs> yeah, fresh legs. Yes, for sure. Um, but he just has that, you know, he has the excitement of a freshman in high school, um, which is awesome. Yeah, you know, awesome. and it, it's just, yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just really cool to like be around that. And I think it, it just, it helps keep, for me, it just helps keep running um, fun and interesting and exciting, but it also helps me, you know, just to appreciate the journey that I've been on, to appreciate the the here and now and just having, you know, the, the health to be able to, you know, to do this. Um, and it has me excited to hopefully just keep this as a part of my life for as long as possible. Yeah. And, I, you know, speaking of the excitement of cross country too, um, we just watched the national championships, but yeah. I got the chance to go to re- the regional um, championships for this like region because University of New Mexico hosted it. So I got to go see a live like 
college cross country meet, which was so fun. Got to see, I mean, NAU ran at that regional UNM women. I love watching them. They're, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously in my, I see them running literally like on the urban trails I'm at on a weekly basis. Like they're in the same area that my dad and I run, I feel like, and we go to the same spots. So it was so fun. Um, One of the young women that I interviewed, Allie Upshaw, a Navajo runner um, that was on my podcast, however many months ago, she was competing and running for UNM and she ran in both regionals and nationals so it was just so awesome to like see a native runner out there um but my dad and I got to go to that meet we got to see uh his you know his alma mater Colorado run there so very very fun uh season of cross-country championships happening and I'm sure you have thoughts on nationals too <laughs> uh I, I I do I won't go too deep into them because we'll be here forever and I know we're we're tight on time this week but uh, my race this past weekend was on Sunday. So I spent Saturday morning watching the NCAA Cross Country Championships live, which I linked to it in my newsletter this week, issue 367, I believe. So check that out if you want to link off and just watch those those races. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not the only person saying this. It might have been the best NCAA Cross Country Championships of all time, uh, both on the men's and it was women's pretty side. Good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just amazing racing. Everything that I talked about earlier, like just being a part of a team, but individuals um, vying for the the win as well. This had it all. Um, this absolutely had it all. And I'm I'm just uh, I, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but it was like the literally that like the closest um, team race ever in NCAA men's cross country history. On the the women's side, the team race wasn't as close, but there was definitely drama there. The the, the race for the individual win in the, the women's race was just right. um, some, like definitely something to see. Um, I mean, I, I could evangelize about cross country all day. Uh, I'll stop now because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to lose too many listeners. But um, if you didn't run cross country in high school um, or, or college, if you have no idea what it is, like just, just look it up. Um, it's the, the, the best purest discipline of, of running. I think that um, you could ever come across. It's got, Everything I think that is great about the sport and the NCAA championships this past weekend, Division One, um, certainly exemplified that. And the full races are on on YouTube on the NCAA championships um, YouTube channel, and they're not long. I mean, the men's race is less than thirty yeah. minutes, the women's race is less than twenty minutes, um, which that's a whole other argument for for a different day. But it, it's not going to take a lot of time for you to watch the, those races <laughs> um, and just hopefully be excited and inspired by them. Yeah, good coverage, good races. It was really fun to see some of those athletes race here in Albuquerque just a few weeks ago and and kind of get to get to scope out like the the different teams and and you know who was who was where I think in that race in person was really fun because it was kind of like in our backyard pretty close mm. to where we are. So, yeah, it's just been a fun a fun season of running and fun season of cross country. Yeah, and it's um Sadly, all starting to wind down at, at this point. I know. Cross, cross country is about over. Um, the major marathons are done for the year. Mm-hmm. There's one big one left here domestically. That's CIM, uh, which I will be at. It's my busiest race of the year as a coach. Mm-hmm. I've got eight of my one-on-one athletes racing at CIM. Yeah. I have um, a group of athletes through the Golden Gate Triathlon Club that I coach. Fifteen of them are running CIM. Um, a lot of friends coming into town. It's a U.S. championship this year. Uh, big OTQ race for many mm-hmm. folks looking to to hit those marks. And then also that same weekend um, over in Spain is the Valencia Marathon, which is like just – 
stacked at the front. I mean, just a lot of a lot of fast runners on on both sides. This is December fourth, um, so mark your calendar for that. And that's really kind of the last like big one of the year. Um, yeah, you know, in terms of in terms of uh, certainly marathons and, and major races, and we get a little bit of a break. And I mean, before we know it, January is going to be here, and we get to do it all over again. So, um, going to hopefully enjoy a few weeks of downtime in between. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and we're coming up right on a a little like holiday break or fall break moment. So I don't know about you, but I'm sure I I haven't even talked to my dad actually today. I should check in. I'm sure he's running something tomorrow. I'm kind of out of it because I'm not running right now. So Mm -hmm. normally I'd be like doing a turkey trot with my family or at least going for a run or, you know, something. But because I haven't been able to run, I haven't been like clocking in on stuff. So we'll see. But I'm sure we'll do something. Nice. Yeah. Christine and I are going to do local one here in, in Marin County, the Marin Turkey Trot. I'm going to run 5K. She's going to do 10K. I don't think either one of us are going to take it that seriously, but I just like being out um, on Thanksgiving I, Day <laughs> around the people. It just has a, you know, it, it's my, it just has a good, like just a good vibe to it. I mean, it's, it's one of, I don't know if Thanksgiving or July 4th are the biggest road racing day of the year, but but they're both up there. I think Thanksgiving uh, – I feel like the, it's got to be like turkey trot day. Yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> is the biggest uh, road racing day of the year. And most people are in a good mood and people are out with their families and, yeah. um, you know, it, it's a great way to connect with your local community or if you're traveling out with the community wherever you are. Um, so, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, the turkey trots will be behind us. But I am, I am looking forward to ours uh, here tomorrow in Marin County. Well – I don't think I have very much, Mario. I know I don't have a lot of time this week, but I'm really glad we got to catch up on all the things that we got to do this past month, and we got to see each other this month, so that feels like a huge win, and I feel like I'm excited for, like, winter and the holidays, and I think things are kind of professionally, like, winding down a little bit, too, so that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I can't believe we saw each other. It was, like, less than three weeks ago at this point. It feels like it was three months ago. Um, and it was I know. Only, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it was, was only like, a few weeks. Yeah, just like, like, yeah, like a couple months ago I saw you yeah. at the New York Marathon. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just a few <laughs> like, weeks ago. No, time like time does weird stuff. things these days. But, yeah, ditto to everything um, that you just said. We will do one more episode of Common Ground before the end of the year. Um, you and I should huddle up beforehand. Maybe we'll we'll do some, like, fun end of the year, either, like, recaps or yeah. lists or uh, something to – We could add know, kinda, some more music to our playlist. We could definitely <laughs> add – we didn't talk about any music. Um during during this oh conversation gosh. so we'll definitely you have to right. do it we'll definitely have to do that for the last episode of 2022 um you know kind of set the stage for um for next year but yeah i mean we've we've got to bounce at this point so that's all i've got unless you have anything else to add i think that's it for me oh one last thing since we didn't do any music i would like to congratulate myself on winning some taylor swift tickets in the great Ticketmaster debacle of 2022 you got some i, I fought i fought hard for like eight hours that day i was actively sick with covid and i was in my Ticketmaster pre-sale queue ready to go for me and my sister and we got tickets so we will be seeing taylor swift in 2023 and i just that's my musical news of the day well congratulations you are a devoted and deserving fan i'm glad that you got tickets and that is i mean as as good of a note as i think that we can end this one on so on behalf of danae dormy I'm Mario Fraioli, and this has been another episode of Common Ground. Thanks. See you later. (laughs) 
That's it for this episode of Common Ground. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in. Also, a big thank you to New Balance for help making it possible. The new Fuel Cell Rebel V3 from New Balance is everything that I enjoyed about its predecessor, but with a more supportive upper, a little more cushion underfoot, and a more durable outsole. What it doesn't have is much more weight, checking in at under eight ounces, making it a great go fast shoe. The Fuel Cell Rebel V3 is available in both men's and women's sizes on newbalance.com or at your favorite run specialty retail store. Before we wrap up, I'd like to give a shout out, as always, to my man, John Summerford. He's produced every episode of the podcast and is the reason this show sounds as good as it does week in and week out. Also, thank you to Chris Douglas for being my right-hand man and handling sponsorship sales, and Jeffrey Stern for managing the AM Shakeout social media accounts. I don't have a big team here at the Morning Shakeout, but these three guys have been crucial in helping keep things running smoothly here. Last thing, if you're digging the podcast, I encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. It's also called The Morning Shakeout at themorningshakeout.com slash subscribe. And you'll get my weekly take on what's happening in the world of running along with a collection of things that I've been thinking about, reading, and listening to that you might enjoy getting in your inbox every Tuesday morning. Okay, that's all I've got. I'm Mario Fraioli, and on behalf of Danae Dormy, this has been another episode of Common Ground.